All right. Good evening. Good evening. It's 9 o'clock p.m. at night. Why are you guys live tonight, Tansy? What's going on? You guys all do breaking news. This isn't how ex-cops break down news. We usually wait for all the wackadoodle stuff to pass by, and then we come and present you guys or the real breakdown. But you know what? We were able to fact check this thing quick, facts and quick, fast, and in all sorts of a hurry, and I wanted to bring it to you, not because I wanted to be first, but because I was afraid that this story is so out of control, audacious, and ridiculous that you guys were going to read the headlines and I know that people don't care about mainstream media anymore anyway. And you would just be like, yeah, right. We've had, we've, this is, we've seen this before, right? We've seen it time and time again, a salacious title, a crazy headline, and then it's just not really true. And so we just kind of ignore it. This isn't something you should ignore. We went down this rabbit hole tonight together and I didn't care. I saw the salacious headline, Derek Chauvin. Stabbed by potentially a former FBI informant. That can mean a lot of things. I'm not going to take that as it is on the surface. Perception is not reality. And Josh and I was at a Christmas party. And Josh starts going down the rabbit hole. And I'm like, my goodness. So what led it to us, and I'll let Josh tell you how we went down this rabbit hole. But this is important for everybody to know. This is, this is why we've been saying that the FBI is so far corrupt. They, this is, I told you, the Tanstradamus prediction told you that this was going to be an insane, an unfathomable election season. There were going to be things that happened during this election season that you were not going to believe. But in the age that we are in right now, where we can have information, where we have the freedom not press, but the freedom of podcast salutes. We're both ex-law enforcement officers, ex-military, I'm ex-special operations. We, I'm not saying that because it gives me any more credit than the next guy, but what I'm saying is, is that we're not just some sleuth talking out of our ass here. We really try to use our former skills, our investigative skills. We try to look at things as objective as possible, as if we were the police officers that we're going to be called to the scene to investigate this and then turn over our information to the detectives, which could, it could pave the road for the rest of the case. So it's very important that the first people on scene do their best to get it right. The first time that we have a solid foundation. We live in a time lucky enough that we're not regulated. Like Canada is going to be regulated starting the first of the year and their podcast, and you're actually going to have to have a license to be a podcaster in Canada. Canada. A. I don't know if our podcast will be allowed in Canada come the first of the year. I don't know. But it's lucky for you that you don't have to rely on the bull propaganda media, the mainstream propaganda media. And I felt like that this post came out in such a way with such titles that I think the only way I I personally feel that they thought, okay, let's go ahead and make this so audacious that people just won't believe it. Like we've already fucked up this last week. Remember with the car at the can Canadian border, we got that story wrong. I mean, how many stories have we gotten wrong in the last couple of weeks here, uh, Josh? Quite a few You've of them. A few of them. 
that this one would just be another one of those, but it's not. This story is not that story. Actually, these headlines are actually as correct as they could be, and I don't want it to get swept under the rug. Well, how do you know, Eric? Well, how do you know? To get on top of this, one, we went through CNN, we went through Fox News, went through NBC. What else did we go through? I didn't even touch Fox News yet. I've got CNN up. Uh, the other one's what? CNBC. Yep. I've got Tucson Sentinel. Yep. And then LA Times. Because this happened in Arizona. Um, right. And LA Times. And so we went through these. The headlines are generally the same. There is some slight confusions. I'll let Josh go over the little hiccups in the thing. But here's where we went. I said, this guy, by the way, the story goes here as people are starting to, to pile in here. Thanks for being in the live chat. Ryan, Aloso, Will, Craig, Dave. A lot of paid members actually in the chats. A couple non-paid members. Thank you. That's what allows us to leave Christmas parties and come and do this because you make it all worth it to us. Um, today's show brought to you by factormeals.com forward slash Wolfpack and ghost bed. Sleep so good. It's scary. Ooh. I told Josh, I said, if this story is real about John, how do you say his last name? Tursak? Turris? T-U-R-S-C-A-K. Let's go ahead. I'm going to blow the bomb. I don't like to say bomb. I'm going to blow it wide open for you here in a second with what we found. Let's go to just the original articles so, so I can just tell people what the story is right now. A lot of these guys sit in your patrol car right now. You don't know. You don't know what's going on. Pull up the article. Put it up here in front of my face. Inmate. This is from CNN. Inmate charged with attempted murder after stabbing Derek Chauvin 22 times. This is what you can all read. You could go to your computers and read this. This is what mainstream media is telling you. I'm going to tell you what we found, which is way more impressive than what they what they brought here. Scroll up. The inmate accused of the the inmate uh, accused of attacking Derek Chauvin, the former police officer convicted in George Floyd's killing, stabbed him approximately 22 times with an improvised knife in an attack the Arizona inmate had been contemplating for around a month. Now, it's funny that they say around a month because if we know that the 15th, pretty much a pretty bombshell, again, I hate the word bombshell, but a pretty impressive documentary, the fall of, of uh, what is it, the fall of, um, of uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Minnesota. The Minnesota. fall of Minnesota. What, what is it? Fall of Minneapolis, I believe. The fall of Minneapolis. If you haven't seen the documentary yet, you should. You should absolutely go and watch the documentary. Uh, they showed the entire footage. They tell what was left out of the trial. Very crazy things here. This paints a completely different picture. All the things that you saw on the media, again, like the Breonna Taylor case, and I get that the, the documentaries could be very one-sided. Go look for yourself. Go watch the documentary. These are things that I said on this show two years ago uh, when we first covered the Derek Chauvin case in length. When I read you the toxicology reports, the thing is, is that this documentary articulates everything I was saying two years ago. And everything I said, my, the perception, is again, Tantra Thomas was correct two years ago. Look it up and give me the kudos that I deserve. Head over to Failure to Stop Instagram. Give us a follow. Subscribe to this channel and comment and tell me how right I was. Go back and listen to our Derek Chauvin uh, trial and listen to how right we were. Let me go back to the article. According to the federal, by the way, this was that was a month ago that it came out. So a month ago, this thing comes out. A lot of people are going to be, listen, this documentary could set Derek Chauvin free. There is amazing evidence, video, audio, evidence. There is evidence from the courtroom that makes everybody that, that proves that the Derek Chauvin case was hyper politicized and was a political witch hunt. Did George Floyd deserve to die? No, no, he didn't. 
But could George Floyd have present, prevented this death? Absolutely, he could. Could the cops have prevented this, this death? Arguable. But not 22-year sentence. And definitely the other officers around Derek Chauvin should never see any jail sale for any amount of time. Go watch the documentary. Put it up. According to federal complaint at approximately 12.30 p.m. local time on November 24th, Chauvin was in the law library at the federal correction. By the way, that's one week after this documentary release. And it takes time for these documentaries to spend their wheels and to get kind of going. So at the height, as it's going, as people are starting to watch this documentary, all of a sudden, Derek Chauvin, 12.30 p.m., the night before Thanksgiving, uh, was in the law library going hard on his case, doing work. It's looking good for him in the law library at the Federal Correctional Institution in Tucson. I can't think of a more secure area of a prison than perhaps the law library with one of the most protected or has to be one of the most protected inmates of all time besides Epstein. And if you didn't believe the Epstein shit now, this is one of those cases that's going to make you go, mm, what? Federal corrections officers immediately responded and employed OC spray to subdue Tursak. By the way, uh, 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 he was attacked by the 52-year-old, causing serious bodily injury, again being stabbed 22 times. Now, who is this guy? Who is this John Tursak? Which, by the way, this Tursak, it reminds me of John Cusack from the movie uh, Kaiser Sose. Remember Kaiser Sose, Josh? Yep. Great movie, by the way. Uh, Tursak, <laughs> I don't know how to say this name, stated that his attack of Derek Chauvin on Black Friday was symbolic with the Black Lives Matter movement and the black hand symbol associated with the Mexican mafia criminal organization. All right. So this guy has ties allegedly to the FBI, and that's what led us down the rabbit hole. I will delay you no further. Let's pull up an article. I said, Josh, I want you right now, right now, Find this John Tursak guy, and if there's any ties to the FBI, let's get that out. Let's just, and I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no fucking way. I don't care who tweeted what. There's no fucking way. Bring this article up from 2001. November 27th, 2001. November 27th, 2001. When did this stabbing happen? November what? 24th? Uh, let me scroll back up. 23rd. 23rd? A former Mexican... 2001. 2001. A former Mexican mafia member who admitted carrying out a number of crimes while working as an undercover FBI informant was sentenced Monday in 2001 in Los Angeles federal court to 30 years in prison. John Tursak. 30 at the time, expressed bitter disappointment with his sentence. He told U.S. District Judge Howard Matz, I didn't commit those crimes for kicks. I did them because I had to if I wanted to stay alive. And when I told the FBI agents, they just said, do what you gotta do. 
Wow, so a whole bunch of FBI agents getting a Mex Mexican mafia the thumbs up to commit crimes to stay alive and then stabbing him in the back and fucking him over for 30 years midway through the probe. However, prosecutors dropped him as an informer after he admitted dealing drugs, extorted money, and authorizing assaults while on the government payroll. Tursik pleaded guilty to racketeering and conspiracy to kill a rival in the prison-based gang. He could have received a maximum life sentence. If you are not familiar with the Gretchen Whitmere case, this is why it is important to stay in the rabbit hole. Gretchen Whitmere was basically was was basically kidnapped by FBI agents. There was two knuckleheads, two pothead knuckleheads could never could carried it out, but had made mention while they were drunk and high that it would be funny if they did. And this guy trying to work off charges for the FBI went back and told the FBI and the FBI was like, let's get on this. And he was like, they don't even have a fucking car. The FBI provided a car. They didn't have uh, the means to do it with explosives. They provided an explosives guy. They, they provided several other guys to carry this out. I think what at the end of the, uh, the Gretchen Whitmere case, there were six FBI agents total on that case, if I'm not mistaken, and six two fucking knuckleheads, yeah. three knuckleheads at the most. So the FBI is using their informants. It's all politicized. It's all weaponized. If you don't for one think one second question, what happens to Tursak after this? Does he get schwacked? Was he hired by the FBI to do this? Is he working? Is he Was he going to get a lighter sentence? Here's what the FBI doesn't get. We live in an age where sleuths like us can get information way quicker than mainstream media can get it out. And we don't have the bureaucracy and the red tape to just put it out there. And listen, I am very serious about not putting something out there that isn't true. I didn't write this article in 2001, but Josh found it for me. From November 24th, was that the LA Times? Yes, sir. That's pretty damn, that's, that's pretty damn spot on. Unless I'm crazy. Am I great? Tell me I'm crazy. I don't care. I've never cared. Am I crazy? And here's a crazy thing, or not a crazy thing. Here's, here's something that, because I highlighted the specific uh, paragraph. Terstack, who had been charged with attempted murder, told corrections officers that he would have killed Chauvin if they had not responded so quickly, according to the complaint. So this is what CNN is reporting. All right, show them what CBS reports, because that's a different story. However, in contrast to what corrections officers reported, Torsak told FBI agents, even though he'd been thinking about assaulting Chauvin for over a month because he's a high-profile inmate, he denied wanting to kill him. Right, so we have, I was planning to kill him for a month, and now we have, a, he told the FBI that he wasn't planning on killing him. And that's mainstream media, and that's okay. I don't mind little facts like that getting mixed up in the mainstream media. That doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is that we're not putting out the information that the FBI was attached to this case, just like it was attached to the Gretchen Whitmere case, just like it's allegedly attached to the January the J6, whatever you want to call it. Like the FBI was attached to the Biden diary, that it was attached to the Project Veritas incident. I mean, the FBI is so... And I know FBI agents, I've worked with them. I've done some search warrants with them. I've got friends in the ATF and the FBI. I'm not, I'm not saying they're all bad, but what I'm saying is upper echelon FBI is so far beyond corrupt. And there is a level of the FBI and the CIA that's so far beyond corrupt that you have no idea. And I told you 
that if you paid attention, if you pay attention, the rest of this election cycle, we are in an era, an era of podcasters, of social media influencers who are doing their research. I recently talked to a real journalist, quote unquote, a journalist, a college graduate journalist. And I asked, when's the last time, what was the last story that you took to your media company, Miss College Graduate Journalist with a master's degree in journalism? She said, that's not how it works. We get assigned a story and then we do the research. And then I said, and then who edits that? Oh, the, the, the news agency. So you're not doing anything. You're not doing it. You're not, you're telling a story that again, the media who was owned by six parent companies when it used to be owned by 56 companies 20 years ago, big mainstream media is literally putting out propaganda and you are just a means to, to the end. You are a tool, you are a clog in the machine, as they say. That's why Tucker Carlson bailed. Journalism is dead. It's been dead for 20 years. Wake up, Gen Z. The propaganda machine, all of you Gen Zers, I encourage you to be a journalist. Be a real journalist. Be like Tim Pool. Go out and find a fucking story. Be a Josh Deadleg Media. Be an Eric Tanzi. Be a failure to stop. Be a Jonathan Bates. Go out and find the story and not just the story that mainstream media tells you to go look at Gen Z. Because if you start to dive down these stories, it'll start to come to the surface. Josh and I discussed this hours ago. Now it's starting to catch on. These other social media people, look, we thought we were first. We're not. There's all, there's so many people that are in on this stuff, on on the high level, that they're going to put up some of these tweets that are already going out. I'll show you right now. Some really good tweets. This is uh, Colin uh, Rugg. Justin, the man who stabbed Derek Chauvin in prison, was 52-year-old John Tursak, who previously worked as an FBI informant. How ironic. Chauvin was stabbed 22 times with a knife that was crafted by Tursak. This was where it gets interesting. Tursak was in prison after being found guilty of racketeering and conspiring to kill a gang rival. Before that, he worked as an FBI informant against the Mexican Mafia organization when being sentenced in 2001, which we read you that article, Tursak admitted that he carried out crimes while working undercover as an informant to the FBI. Quote, I didn't commit those crimes for kicks. I did them because uh, I had to do it if I wanted to stay alive. I told the FBI agents and they just said, do what you have to do. Now, I worked with confidential informants and I've had my informants uh, in, the, in the middle of a thing get into some pretty precarious uh, situations and we call it off. We can't do that. We can't allow our informants to commit crimes openly. We can't have them even be in a position where they, if, if we think there's a hit on them, we go through great lengths to protect them. We actually had an informant. We gave him code name Dead Man Walking. He was fucked. One of our officers on his off time was going by this dude's house and running surveillance to protect him until we knew that we could get him out of the city. Dead man walking. Every gang member in Raleigh wanted this dude's head. We named him Dead Man Walking. Obviously, can't ever say his real name. That was a serious situation. We would never allow, but here's the thing. If he wanted to be put in a situation, we wouldn't say, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. That's not how the justice system works. You can't work. 
I had an informant go to buy cocaine from somebody for me. And in the midst of this, he called the guy the F-A-G-G-O-T word because he was buying the coke outside of a gay bar. And guess what the F-A-G-G-O-T that he called responded, how he responded to me calling that word. He shanked my informant in the stomach and my informant died within five minutes. Sad is scary stuff. It's real deal stuff that we don't, that, that doesn't come back on us because listen, we didn't tell this guy to pick a fight with anybody. We didn't tell him to go dropping the, the F bombs on folks. You can't tell somebody if you're the FBI, you can, right? We're above the law of the FBI. Now we're so high. There's no doubt in my mind that the FBI, I'll, I'll say this. There is a doubt. I'll say it's more probable than not. I'll give it 80% chance that if you really investigated this, you would find some, some phone calls between Tursac and maybe the FBI or some other FBI informants down the lane. Like maybe the call sounds something like this. Hey, little smoochie. We got a guy in prison and you got a friend in prison that you've been writing letters to. How much does Tursac care about you? I tell you what, we make this Chauvin guy disappear. We might be able to hook you up and you won't have to go to jail for life. And maybe you can send Tursac, you know, a lifetime subscription of moon pies. That's what that looks like. You think I'm fucking playing. You think I'm kidding. I'm not. I bet you if you draw, if you went down the right, if there was literally anybody but the FBI investigating this, that's what, it would be like one of those movies that you pay $3.99 to rent. Bunch of people in the chats and I thank y'all for being here. I know this is crazy, man. I, I don't mean to ruin your Friday, but I love that you guys are here. Davey says the FBI used the Grim Reaper, Greg Scarpa, to uh, find and torture the head of the Klan in Mississippi back in the 60s until he started giving them information. Nothing new, right? We there's another documentary out uh, uh, about um, MK Ultra that'll blow your mind, and the government even came out and paid the son of the victim that jumped out of the window. We all know that story, the MK Ultra story, the LSD story. They they've admitted it. There's a whole documentary. They came and apologized to the kids. Said, yeah, yeah. I mean, we did an LSD experiment, and your dad yoked himself out of a window, and we're sorry. MK Ultra is what led. Uh, what's the serial killer? What's the serial killer? And uh, Manson, part of part of MK Ultra. You guys need to wake up. You guys need to wake up and stop saying this is crazy. It's no longer crazy. I just showed you. I just showed you an article from 2001 that Josh scrummaged through the interwebs to find you. I'm not lying to you. LA Times archives, November 27, 2001, 12 a.m. Former Mexican Mafia member, John Tursak, 30 at the time. Mer 530, we pretend the FBI was honest before Hollywood made it look like they fought crime, not uh, overreached, I don't know what the word there, thumbing citizens. Um, you know, and they, they do, they make these awesome movies. What's the, what's the movie with um, Benicio Del Toro? Great movie, Sicario. They, you know, they, they try to just like say that they're kind of towing the line and that, you know, you got to be a monster to hunt, an, uh, hunt a monster. That's not what the FBI is doing, guys. That's the movies. 
when I always say the truth is in the movies, I always say that. Well, Project Bluebeam, you know, all these, you know, uh, conspiracy theory, Mel Gibson. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of movies um, that kind of, and listen, that, that's a wackadoodle theory too. I don't want to dive down that route. I don't want you guys to think I'm nuts. I'm not. I I, I promise you. I'm, I'm like the biggest, anytime this shit comes across, what do I say, Josh? What do I say every time? Probably not, right? What do I say? I'm a C-minus student at best. I'm a C-minus student. I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't done enough research on that. I have no idea. Let's find out. And then most of the research I, I read, I, I don't believe it anyway. I really don't. You guys know anybody that's been following this channel for, for a number of times, you know how much time and how much effort we put into this. And when have I been wrong? When have I had to get on the interwebs and say, hey, you remember that case I broke down very thoroughly for hours for you guys? I got this wrong. I haven't had to do that because I pay two people on staff on the failure to stop network on the C minus media network staff. I pay two different people to make sure that before I say something, it's not utter and complete bullshit. Because the only thing I have here is trust. The only thing that the only reason this podcast survives on audio, and listen, we're giving it our best shot here on the YouTubes. I'm having a great time tonight. I can't believe there's 27 people in here. We have probably one of the most amazing guests of all time today. Uh, and, and we got shit things, but he was speaking out against Soros and, you know, he's running uh, against Tim Kaine and, and he is the underdog. He's the grassroots guy. If you're in Virginia, look him up. Jonathan Emord, look up today's episode. It got completely squashed. I'm excited now that we're on, on YouTube tonight and we're not being, you know, so, so, so squashed. I mean, there's 25 people here in the chats and I really appreciate that. But you know how hard I work on the podcast for the uh, tens and tens of thousands of people that listen to us per week on podcasts. You guys, you guys know the work that we put into this. We have six people working at C minus media running five podcasts a week for you guys. Nobody takes us lightly. The only thing we have is our integrity and not getting this wrong. Because there's too many out there. There's too many out there. That if we get this wrong, if we sound stupid, if we sound crazy, you'll leave us for the next best guy. We can't take those chances. Our audio might suck sometimes. Video might be glitchy. Internet might be in and out. Those are things that we try to control. We're getting better at controlling them. But you know the one thing that's absolutely controllable is not feeding you propaganda. It's not feeding you what the mainstream media wants to feed you. It's not playing with your emotions. And I'm not playing with your emotions right now. But what I'm doing is I want you to not be confused at this moment in time. Don't be confused. If you're a real fucking cop, if you're a street cop and you went to a stabbing and you found out that this guy... What had, had ties to somebody who would want to kill them. Let's just, let's take the FBI out of it. Let's play a game really quick. This is what you would do as a cop. If you had little Smoochie and let's say little Smoochie was Mexican mafia and little Smoochie had been running some deals uh, as a confidential informant over in Cripland. Maybe he was on Cross Street, which is ran by the Crips, but you got him as a CI and he's buddy buddy in with the head dude over there and they're linking up some, some gun deals. They're trading guns back and forth with each other. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the rival gang member, the blood from Fisher Street, ends up dead in prison. And you're like, oh, well, why is this blood dude dead in prison? And you get a phone call from corrections and you say, hey, man, 
this guy is dead here and things. And we got some notes. We got some stuff. It talks about him uh, trying to, to broker some, some gun deals with the Mexican mafia. And you're like, holy shit. I'm brokering a big deal with the Crips with my confidential informant for the Mexican mafia. All of a sudden, now we've got the competition being taken out. That's exactly what you have going on right now. You have a dude that's attached to the FBI that literally said the FBI had told me to do what I got to do. And now I got Derek Chauvin one week after a literally a bombshell documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis comes out that is stunning everybody right now. Like people are turning. I, I've, I had more messages about that documentary. I wasn't going to watch it because I already basically thought I knew everything about that case. I had studied I mean, it was the first podcast I ever did was Derek Chauvin. I wouldn't be a podcaster if Derek Chauvin wouldn't die. I went on a podcast with the Drinking Bros Podcast Network and the Black Rifle Coffee guys at the time. And they, they did a podcast. They just had me on as a guest because I owned a distillery. I, I left law enforcement to open up a distillery. They were trying to help a small business out. They hooked me up. They brought me on the show. I got some laughs. Four months later, George Floyd dies. I get a phone call in the middle of the night from Ross Patterson. He says, what do you know about the George Floyd case? I said, I'd never heard of a George Floyd. He said, I'm going to send you a 10-second video. 10 o'clock at night. I look at the 10-second video. I said, Dad, dude, there's a thousand things that could be going on in that video. It's 10 seconds. I don't know. I'll tell you this. Perception is not reality. I mean, it doesn't look good, but I can give you a thousand reasons he might be doing that. Literally a thousand. He's like, you could. I said, yeah. He says, what? We'll book you a travel right now. I said, what? And he said, get online, get here tomorrow. We'll put you on live. Whatever it takes, get here. I went to the Drinking Bros studio. I broke down the case. I gave them a, a plethora. I argued with them, debated with Dan Holloway. I gave them several different uh, perspectives. And we came out of it pretty good. They, they hired me to podcast for them. I wouldn't podcasting if it wasn't for diving into the Derek Chauvin case. I've spent hours and 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 hours, and hours, and hours researching Derek Chauvin's case. So I didn't want to watch the documentary, except I got so many messages that it would be it would be a disservice to all of our fellowship if I didn't watch the damn documentary. And I watched it and I was blown away. And documentaries don't blow me away because I know that they're one-sided. I know that they often have agenda. I know that they play with the music. Look at the Casey Anthony bullshit documentary there. Look at all these alien documentaries. They want you to believe this, but they play with your emotions by putting in the music and everything. This documentary doesn't do that. It lays out, it's just the body camera footage. The entirety, the first 25 minutes of that documentary is just the body camera footage. Some of it played over and over again, like in slow motion. There's like some pointers, there's some arrows, there's some circles to show you what to keep your eye on. But they don't really say anything in that first 20 minutes other than the video. There's no music. There's nothing. They're not trying to play with your emotions. What they're trying to do is prove to you that the Derek Chauvin case was a political witch hunt, just like Breonna Taylor, just like George, uh, 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 Jesus. You switched the screen on me and it blew me away. Ferguson, Michael, Michael Brown. You guys, everybody's starting to wake up and that's great. And it's, that's all due to the podcasters. And that's why I say like, you know, if you are getting into podcasting, if you're one of these influencers, do your research, man, treat your fans. Don't ruin the, don't, don't ruin what, what other podcasters like Tim pool, like Sean Ryan, like, Joe, don't ruin the work that we're all trying. Don't discredit us. 
because mainstream media has discredited themselves. Don't do to this profession what they're doing to theirs. I want our government to be as afraid of podcasters like us as the Canadian government. And if you're not going, if you're subscribing to Fox News and paying $3.99, $5.99, actually last time I saw the Fox News subscription, it was like 19 fucking dollars or something like that. It was crazy for their premium subscription. And you're not subscribing to somebody like OAN instead that's not mainstream or paying $3.99 to be on our Patreon or on our paid YouTube that gives us the opportunities to fly Josh to Florida to work with conservative ants on a project next week. That's where your money's going, folks. That's why we why 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 we do this. And that's why we're so freaking thankful for all these guys in the chat. Every super chat we've ever gotten, every Patreon member that we have. Yeah, we love Ghost, but we love Factor Meals. We love our sponsors for paying us, but that just pays our salary. That just keeps us on the air. It's all this extra money that you guys do that gets us to Albemarle, North Carolina to meet up with Yako Buins and the sex trafficking and, and the sex trafficking, human trafficking folks. It's the money that gets Josh down to Florida to set up with uh, conservative events because we've got a really, really big event going on in Florida that we cannot wait to have it locked in for real. There's going to be tons of influencers there. Looks like it's going to happen in Tampa. I, I will give you guys plenty of time to plan for this. It's going to be epic. We also just caught word from the Emords folks that we might be doing uh, doing some stuff uh, with them in, in Virginia. So thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, Fulgonator says, is it Christmas? Two shows in one day. I'm going to open it up to you guys. I'm going to stop. Heather Redden, by the way, Heather's got a, they've got a great thing going to, uh, to help mental health with, with, with police officers and things like that. And I really want to give them a quick shout out. Uh, Heather, if you'll just throw in the chats, what you guys do and how they can get a hold of you. I think what you guys are doing powerful. We got to get you on the podcast at some point. We've just been very busy. By the way, Wednesday, we've got a vice president from the FOP on. We're going to hold this guy to the fire. This dude has no idea what he's getting into with me. I like him. I like his podcast. I, I like his content on Instagram. I'm not going to lie, but I'm, I, I, it doesn't matter how much I like it. I want to know why the FOP isn't doing more for street cops and, and reaching the younger generation cops. I want to know why the FOP is failing as bad as they are. I want to know why their 4.3 million email list or whatever it is, is basically irrelevant. And people aren't paying attention to it. And it's, and the reason why is because it's just regurgitating what we hear every single day. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. That's why we're going to have this guy in, but don't for one second think I'm just going to pander to him. I'm going to ask him the tough questions. I want to say, what is the FOP doing to fight against this whole kind of this movement of, uh, of us having to, to do these sexual identification courses and, and gender affirming, uh, 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 German, uh, what, what does gender affirming care have to do with us? Like, why do we need to learn about it? Why, why is it important to us to need to be able to talk to people that I haven't met anybody that I've needed to talk to about it? You know, I want to know what the FOP is doing to combat these kinds of things. I want to open it up to you in the live chats. Davey says the lust of money and all the other BS is at every level. The people in the town I live in just found out that their local politicians have been lying to them about protecting the local farmland. Oh, Davey, I, I know that you weren't in the live chats earlier. You should have been. This guest that we just had on, uh, Jonathan Emord, who is literally at the battle, has been at battle with the FDA and the FCC uh, since the Reagan era. And it's discredited. It's deregulating. He's saying that the, the FDA is too regulatory. It, like this old pasteurized milk, raw milk, that you can't go out and purchase raw milk, that you can't get cancer treatments that are working. That when, the, when cancer treatment works, the FDA shuts them down. This was an incredible, incredible podcast. Uh, it, it has been squashed. I got many messages as people said, well, we didn't even know you guys were live today. 
No luck, Chuck says. If you fly Josh down, he'll uh, he'll go through truck separation anxiety. You're probably correct. Uh, you're probably correct. Murph five thirty says Pierre guy in Canada is awesome. May have a chance of Canada getting a libertarian instead of Castro's kid. Love it. Marines bloodbath. You alienate the truckers, and your economy stops. Absolutely, we know that. We know that. Fulconer says poor Josh. That's probably because he has to go to Florida, and Florida sucks. Uh, I was born and raised there, and I fucking hate that place. Uh, I don't. I don't hate it. I don't. Hate, I just wouldn't live there. I, I like the seasons of North Carolina. Um, nice pledge shirt, Josh. Where's your axe? That was hateful. Uh, Brittany, you know, the funny thing is, is, is Josh, we had, we had some extra bonus money for the holiday. And Josh's idea was to send some of our key people uh, some gifts. And by key people, he included uh, you and Bosco Autry for managing our uh, Facebook group, the private Facebook group, Wolfpack, FTS underscore Wolfpack, where you can literally post anything you want as long as Facebook doesn't kick you off. There has been some very offensive shit. There's some shit in there that's made me cringe. I love it. I like to cringe. I like when you play. I like. I like that. If you want freedom, we have it. Nobody. It, it, there's no. And if somebody reports them, oh, 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 we'll find. I'll do my research. I'll find out who reported you. Don't worry. We'll get them out. I'll fucking shut the whole page down. People start reporting somebody, and, and, and if they don't call me first, let me know. If anything, I'll just delete the post. If you can give me a real, a real good excuse of why that post is so hurtful to you, why you can't just scroll past it, that'd be really good. Um, cause I don't really believe in censorship all that much. I believe in it within reason and there's not very many reasons. Let's be real. Anybody got any chats before we get out of here tonight? Uh, Will Cray says, can I post my behold? I mean, if Facebook will let you, I will let you. I listen, Will Cray's behold. <laughs> nothing else is, nothing else is getting Will Cray laid. I met him at one of our meetups. He flew in from, I don't know, Wisconsin, Wyoming, wherever the fuck Will Cray's from. He came to one of the North Carolina meetups and I looked at that guy. There's no reason he shouldn't have a girlfriend. It's gotta be a personality issue. He's handsome. He's fine. Walks funny. Other than that, good looking guy, pretty good. I had good conversation with him. No red flags, really in the three or four days that he was here. No real, no real red flags with this guy. He's from Minnesota. Uh, the only red flag is why doesn't he have a girlfriend? Why has he been single for, you know, 31 years? I mean, I mean, it, may, it might be 41 years. Will crazy kind of guy could be 41, could be 31. No telling. No luck check says invitation open to stay at my house in Dunedin. Dunedin, Florida. I went to the Dunedin games. No luck, Chuck. Uh, the Dunedin Scottish games. Really fun. Really enjoyed that. Back then you could drink beer in uh, the Dunedin games. I don't know if they do that anymore. But, um, oh, Will Craze, 23. <laughs> Here's the red flag. That's why. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Starting to make sense now. Well, great. I would change that. Tell him you're 31. It makes a lot more sense. That's where you're losing them. They're like, shit, you look like that at 23. You are road hard and put up wet, my friend. You tell him you're fucking 31, 32. And they're like, okay, all right. He's just a, he's just a weathered, he's just, he's a weathering man, not a weathered man. So change that up. Help you help you out with that. Uh, anybody got anything before we go? Uh, Marines blah, blah. I started going to a store focused on more natural remedies and natural foods. I've been feeling a lot better. Good for you, Marines. I, I, that, it's so true, man. I, I did the carnivore diet. It's the best I've ever felt. Um, intermittent fasting was great. I just didn't, in, you know, I, I like intermittent fasting. It's a lot easier for me. I did, uh, 
Joe Rogan's carnivore diet. I'm going to do it again on the, on the 1st of January. I'm going to do it every year for the rest of my life. It's really cool to do. It sucks. It's hard. It's difficult, but there is a sense of accomplishment. I did it for 36 days and I, dude, I just, it really gave me the motivation to get me through the year. Um, I'm starting jujitsu uh, again. So, uh, yeah, I'm joining the cult. I'm going back. It's like Scientology sucks you right in. It's been 20 years, but it's going to, it sucked me right back in. Uh, and, and so uh, I start with Gracie Raleigh on Monday. I got a, I got a scholarship. I got a disabled veteran scholarship. So I'll talk more about it when I get indoctrinated back into the cult. Davey says, Tansy, tell us a story from your days as a Saturday only or rugby player at the park. Uh, Davey, a Saturday only player at the park, uh, a Saturday only hooker at the park. Now, Davey, I'll tell you when I played rugby, I was division two rugby and I definitely did not just play on Saturdays. We played, uh, oh boy, um, yeah, we, we did uh, two practices a week, a game day on Saturday, and then uh, we had, uh, we coached rugby on Thursdays or Wednesdays. So anyway, basically I was on the rugby pitch, one, two, three, four days a week, pretty much when I played rugby. Uh, but listen, I, I fucking, I, I have five kids, homie. I have five kids. I cannot go out there in rugby with five kids, like the broken arms, the black eyes. I mean, look at this. I got, what is it? What is it on this side of my face? The, the scar here. Yeah. Right over here. Got a nice little scar. My wife hates it. Um, I love it. Uh, but no, I, 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 she can't do the broken things. I can't even barely skateboard anymore. I broke my arm last year in the Belmont pole skateboarding, uh, doing some pool skating and, um, on Thanksgiving day, she was pissed. You know, when you have five kids, dog, you can't do that. Tuesday and Thursday training. Yes, it was Tuesday and Thursday practices. You're right. And then the uh, kids practice was on Wednesday. <coughs> All right. What else you got? I'm going to give you guys a couple more minutes. Anybody got any pressing questions for Tansy or Josh before we get out of here? Thank you guys for tuning in. It's 30 of you guys tonight on the live chat. Really appreciate that. A lot of paid members, man. A lot of paid members. Can't thank you guys enough. Michael Hendricks. Gosh, what a fucking warrior he is. Uh here all the time. Vulcanator always. Thank you guys. <clears throat> Anybody else? Anybody got something? John sent right. a uh, new hard time over a little bit ago that's up on Patreon. So okay. there's some more Patreon up now. Yeah, we do have a, a killer Patreon going, lots of extra content on Patreon. How do you guys like the new sports show? Hit yes in the chats if you like the sports show. Hit no if you fucking don't like it. I Listen, be honest. This is the trust tree. We don't care. Come on, hit it up in the live chat. Hit a yes if you like the new sports show. Uh, put a no if you don't. Put an eh. Put an E-A-H. Put an E-H-H if, uh, if you're eh about it. Michael Henry says, how does Josh stay so how the sports show is good. Yes. Michael Hendricks says, how does Josh stay so awesome? Drugs, lots of drugs. I fucking listen. You know why our show barely got off the ground today? Drugs. We're going to have an intervention with Josh. Too many drug days. He got high as shit last night. Mm-hmm. Got high as shit last night. We're going to do an intervention. Listen, starting to get to your business. You missed one day in almost a year, one fucking day you're going down the, you're going down the tubes. Might as well move to San Francisco and start shitting in the streets. Marines blood blast. I stopped listening to the sports show to listen to this. Was the sports show on right now? No, it was yesterday. Fuck out of here with that Marines blood blast. How much content do we give you guys for free? So much, so much content. Well, Grace says stop with the math. I agree. I agree. Uh, but Josh, how do you stay so awesome? 
So uh, sleep on the cool side of the bed. Okay, fair. Or dummies. Fair. I say cool because of uh, factormeals.com, promo code uh, Wolfpack50 for 50% off. These are fresh meals made ready to eat. Uh, next level meal prep. Not going to go into it, but Marines Bob has podcast. Good. So we got a couple of yeses. Um, uh, anybody else got a yes, no, eh? Yes, no, eh, on the uh, sports show? Let me know. Oh, look, Chuck says yes. Good. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you're into it. I don't know if my, my computer's just going slow, but these comments seem to come in at like five out of fucking time. But, I, you know, it takes like a, a, a few seconds to come over here. Um, Will Gray says he's just worried for after football ends. Will Gray, we've talked about that. Don't think that, um, you know, we're amateurs, that we haven't thought everything through. Uh, UFC is going to be really big. We're really in. We have Pat Miltek, UFC legend, Hall of Famer. We have him coming on Night Shift TSI. He, he wrote a book. He's a big conspiracy guy. Uh, he's into whole natural foods and remedies and healing. He was healed um, from, a, from a bad disease by natural remedies. He's really into it. That'll be on Night Shift Top Secret Information. Um, because we're all in with Valor Bare Knuckle Fights now, uh, we have a we have a new I don't I don't know what to call her. Um, basically, you guys have seen a lot of new guests that we have coming on, right? Um, we've had a lot of extraordinary guests in the last couple of weeks. That's because we've made friends. We've made friends in this industry, and we're starting to get just fed overload. I mean, we got the FOP vice president coming on. You know, we had the street cop training guys on. Um, uh, we, uh, Jocko Buyens, the human trafficking hunter of 30 years. Uh, uh, we've had a bunch of them on. Future um, Senator Jonathan Elon. Yeah, uh, Ken Shamrock, Kenny from the Black, Ken Shamrock, UFC legend, WCW legend. So we're in. All these guys are starting to want to come on our show. We're not even having to really go out and look for them. Um, by the way, my kids, uh, we all got invited to go out to Tim Pool's place. Didn't get to go on the podcast, but we got to go to Tim Pool's podcast compound. My kids got to skate with Richie Jackson. They got to skateboard with Tim Pool. Magical, absolutely magical. So we've got a kind of an end going on there. We, we've got some ends going on. Look, I, I don't want to break this open. Oh, also in my book is getting me a lot of attention right now too in that community because uh, there's a lot of people reviewing the book uh, that are really that are really pretty extraordinary in my opinion. So, um. Valor BK in January. So yeah, we thought it was going to be December and we were going to be going to California with them. It looks like maybe that's changing. Um, yeah, we've got hockey coming up. Going back to your question, we've got a bunch of UFC athletes. Remember, I was on Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legends for over a year. And I did tailgate shows with a different legend every week. Matt Dodge from the infamous uh, punter. He was one of my favorites. Matt Dodge was the punter for the Giants. All he had to do was punt it out of bounds and the Giants won. And instead he punted it to the Eagles player, Deshaun Watson, and he ran it back. And it's the famous photo of Tim, Tom Coughlin throwing his headphones off. But I had him on the show. He's hilarious. He's a comedian. He makes fun of himself. He laughs at it. Um, I had him on for the 10-year anniversary. We reenacted it. I got to wear the helmet he wore that day. Excellent time. Miss Muhammad Ali, uh, Muhammad Ali's first wife, Khalila Ali, uh, had her on the show. She's amazing. We've had Antoine Harris from the Patriots, uh, uh, Rob Thomas from, from Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he, he's a, uh, 
Jets MVP, uh, a Super Bowl MVP uh, for Dallas Cowboys back in the day, has an incredible story about uh, getting in a fight with um, who's uh, who's the famous Dallas Cowboy back then uh, with the earrings and shit. Not uh, Deion Sanders. Smith? No, not Emmett Smith. Not Deion Sanders. Uh, who's the other one that did a lot of blow? Uh, Cheated on his wife all the time. Anyway, you guys, uh, Dennis Rodman is the only the other person that comes to my life. No, I actually was in a suite. I actually got to be in a suite. Oh, Michael Irvin. I'm so sorry. Michael Irvin. Um, he's got a hilarious Michael Irvin story. We've had uh, Willie Parker from the Steelers on. So anyway, in the offseason, we'll create to go back. We're going to all those guests that I am friends with still. This Well, not friends, but I have all their information. We'll fill their weeks up with those guys. A lot of UFC fighters during for the UFC fight weeks. Hockey players. Uh, I was really in with a hockey podcast back in the day called. Um, oh, I can't even remember their, their the name of their podcast. Um, it, it was the official podcast of the Carolina Hurricanes, and um, they were great. They did a live show at my distillery. It was fantastic. Really cool people. But it was like four of them, and one of them was a girl. She was awesome too. But anyway, so you got four of those to come on for hockey. Um, I was a sommelier, personal sommelier for a uh, head coach for the Carolina Hurricanes. That was pretty famous. Um, and so we can get him on during hockey season. And uh, so, yeah, so just when football ends, we got baseball, we'll have some players, some card collectors. Um, I've got a guy that's a PI for tops Fleer. Uh, baseball cards, the, those companies, Tops and Fleer, buying and selling counterfeit cards uh, and taking down people selling counterfeit and faked autograph cards. Uh, he was an ex-cop that I worked with. He's a really cool guy. Now he travels all around the country hunting counterfeit baseball cards, hockey cards, football cards. I think he's going to be a great guest for them. So I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy that. Greg says, what the fuck? I don't know, Greg. I don't know. Um, what are we, what the fucking, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a random live, Greg. We did uh, the Derek Chauvin stabbed by an FBI informant. I had to get it out. I had to get it out. There was a lot to talk about. And, uh, I just said, fuck it, dude. Let's run an hour, right? 50 minutes. Let's just keep going. Now I'm just opening it up to you. This is me just saying Merry fucking Christmas. And, um, yeah, please have some rugby players on, you know, Davey, when I did tailgate legends, you, you remember the show, Davey, I had an entire uh, D2 rugby team on, um, they were, they just gotten back from Scotland. They played like four games in Scotland and, um, they came back, they got extremely drunk at the venue. They were doing the boat races and it was a po live podcast. And it, the funny part is, is that I'm still extremely close friends with the owner of that establishment. But at the time he didn't know me from, from Adam. And I, I come in there. He's excited about the tailgate legend show. I had done it at a couple other restaurants and bars and had some real pro athletes in there. And so he was like, well, how do I get on this? Like, I want some, somebody in my, in my venue. And I was like, well, the only show I've got coming up next is this rugby team that just got back from the Scotland tour and they're, they're here. Uh, they're all available. And, and he was like, let's do it. He had no idea that they were going to drink him out of house and home, that they were going to do boat races in the middle of the venue, that they were going to uh, drunkenly fall onto the table that we're podcasting on and just, ra I mean, it was the shenanigans. And, and you know, all when they're New Zealand and Ireland and you know, and so everybody's trying to talk. They're all smashed out. You couldn't understand anybody. There was a South African rugby player there, a couple of New Zealand rugby players there. An Aussie was there, a, um, uh, uh, two Irish 
uh, rugby players and a Sri Lankan rugby player was there. These guys were from all over the all over the globe, and they're all drunk trying to get their stories in, and, try, and you couldn't understand anything. You remember that one? Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. Uh, one of dude, listen, what a fantastic episode! I wish I could go back and listen to the Drink Up Bro Sports Tailgate Legend Show. I really had a lot of fun doing that with those guys. That was really, really, really cool. Um, yeah, it was the bootlegger tour across the Highlands. You're exactly right. It was really cool, and yeah, um, I actually got to. They did a rugby party at my distillery, and, and there was a couple of guys from Akron, Ohio, the rugby team from Akron, Ohio, that came in town, and that was really cool to hang out with them. So, and we had some of the Crusaders and the New Zealand All Blacks held a seminar inside my distillery, and they gave a, they gave me a, a Crusaders jersey, they autographed it, um, and there was a flanker and a, uh, a flanker and a hooker. Um, running the seminar that both played on the All Blacks. It was really fucking cool. And they signed me like a little poster and they gave us a jersey for letting them use uh, our distillery. That was really, really cool. So, um, and and yeah, Davey, you used to work at USA Rugby. So yeah, you, you know, you get get me somebody from USA Rugby. And um, who's the fast black guy? Um, the really tall, fast black guy from USA Rugby. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, love I, to get um, one. I do not know rugby at all. Uh, or, or or the guy that played for the Patriots, the safety, uh, um, not Eben, Ebner, Nate, Nate Ebner, Nate Ebner. Uh, he, he actually played safety for the Patriots, and Bill Belichick gave him permission to uh, go and play for USA Rugby while he was currently playing for a Perry Baker. Uh, a, a Perry Baker, I'm so sorry, Perry Baker, yeah, lightning fast. One of the fastest human beings I've ever seen in my whole life with my own two eyes. Perry Baker, uh, Carlin Isles, dope as shit too. But Perry Baker, just a fucking speed Damien in rugby sevens for USA Rugby. Yeah, but I mean seriously, would take anybody. Uh, I think we have an Olympic swimmer that she would come on. Uh, got a couple. You know, my kids have the X Games podcast stuff where they've had like uh, Ryan Sheckler on. They've had uh, uh, Margera. Margera. They had. Uh, 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 the girl that just won the X game. She's the youngest chick to ever. Reese Nelson, uh, Wyatt Hamming, uh, Hammond. Um, they, these dudes. are like the youngest guy to ever do the Hollywood 12. Uh, they had, oh uh, yeah, they've had a lot of like, if you're into skateboarding, they've had just about everybody on that show. They had Jared Taylor from black rifle coffee. Uh, we've got about six more minutes uh, of this live. And then I'm going to bail on you guys. Does anybody have anything else that they want to add? Greg says those rugby guys know how to fall. That's the key. It reminds me of hockey in a sense that there are unspoken rules about how to hit people. Well, they're not unspoken, Greg. They're not unspoken rules and rugby. You must tackle below the nipple and you have to wrap up. So you can't chop somebody's legs um, you, you can wrap their legs up, but you can't chop them. You can't shoulder in anybody. If you're going to tackle somebody, your arms must go around that human being and you must go to the ground with them, meaning that you can't just run, smack them, and then they fall. That's a penalty. That's a card. It can get you ejected. You must go with them to the ground. Um, also, there's no pads in rugby so that the hits aren't – you can't just go at somebody full speed and hit them as hard as you can. Uh, because you're pr probably going to hurt yourself in that process. So yeah, it's very friendly yet very violent. My favorite part about rugby that separates it from any other sport is that the opposing team must have a social. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the home team must provide a social. So after every rugby game, at any level of play, collegiate, D1, D2, D3, uh, just the field team, pro team, any rugby, uh, rugby union, anywhere that you play rugby, the home team must provide a social and the players must attend. And oftentimes there's a lot of teams that have rules where if you don't go to the social, you're suspended the next game. 
because it's very important that friendly, violent friendship after the game. And that's what makes rugby just so incredibly different and uh, a much more magical. Yeah. Shoulder will get you a red card and a multi-patch ban. Yeah. I mean, they, they take it very seriously. There's no head hunting um, in rugby, um, but you'll see a lot of hugging. It's very homoerotic in rugby, but you know, it's, it's that test drum. It's, it's very strange, strange release of testosterone. I mean, these guys are battling it out with no pads. They're always bleeding. Their noses are always fucked up. They're battling. They stay on the fields for 80 fucking minutes and there's no stops. Once you watch rugby and you go back to watch football, you're bored. You're like, why is it so slow? They don't leave the field. If you leave the field, you can't come back on unless it's if you left to go get stitches and stop the bleeding. That's it. And a lot of times they do it on the field and they play around you. So very much different. So imagine going on the field and knowing that you're on for 80 minutes. You're going to get a small break at halftime and that's it. Uh, Michael Hendricks says that he stopped wearing women's underwear. Random. Random. I love it. I never wore women's underwear. Thought about it, though. I like the fabric. Never had the balls to do it. Uh, you guys got five minutes. Anybody else? Five minutes. Ask me anything. Ask Josh anything. We got five minutes. What do you guys want to know? We never do this. By the way, don't forget the FBI killed fucking Derek Chauvin. Go back to the beginning of the show. Start this from the beginning, and uh, it's it's not it's not a salacious headline. Let's not forget it, guys. If FBI agent, a former FBI agent, really did kill Chauvin. We fact checked it. Uh, what am I drinking? It's a Belgian triple, uh, Greg. It's a Belgian triple, new Belgium Belgium triple, and um, very yeasty, very bready. Nine percent. It's my first beer of the night. It's probably my only beer for tonight. Uh, I was running my bar. My distillery had a uh, private Christmas party tonight. And uh, if you went back to the beginning of the show, which is which is a really great episode, by the way, uh, Josh just started blowing me up because he's so good at what he does. And we went down this rabbit hole. And once he proved it, once he found me that article from 2001, I said, create a stream. Let's go. And here we are. Uh, wouldn't be here without Josh. Deadlock Media. Michael Hendricks says, now I'm in Cowabunga, Kawa. Hoga Falls. Cuyahoga. Going Not to the auto. Auto parts. Random. Uh, Marines bloodbath. Wait, he actually died. No, I'm so sorry. Fuck. Uh, Chauvin did not die. Stabbed 22 times. He's going to recover. He, he, he's said to recover. You never know what these things. He did not die. I'm so sorry. That was, listen, when I fuck up, I'll tell you I fucked up. I fucked up. Tom, this is Tommy boy. Cuyahoga Falls. Calhan auto. Craig says he'll ship me what? Um, the seasonal release. I'll ship you if you want. I missed something there. I ship, I missed something there. You said, what are you drinking? I told you what I was drinking. You said the seasonal release. I don't know what that means. And then you said, I'll ship you some if you want. Um, get back to me on that one. I missed a part. Um, Falconator, step 22 times. Yes, by a former FBI agent. Uh, from an article that we read to you from 2001 where this where this guy says, I don't agree with my sentence because the FBI made me commit every crime that I did. And they said, do what you got to do. When I told them, if I don't do this, they'll kill me. Like, this is the Mexican mafia. What do you want me to fucking do? And they're like, do what you got to do. And then he did what he got to do. And then they fucking sent him to 30 years in prison for it. And now one week after Derek Chauvin's bombshell documentary comes out, while Derek Chauvin is sitting in the law library working on his case, minding his own business, this former FBI agent, Mexican mafia guy, one week after literally everybody's talking about the fall of Minneapolis, uh, the fall of Minneapolis, 
Uh, everybody was watching it. Then he stabs him. I don't know. Listen, hmm. fall of Minneapolis. Go and watch it. It's uh, it's an incredible film. You can watch it on YouTube. You can, I mean, it's streaming in some other places. Uh, Michael Henry says he was just in Akron, or I was in Akron just now. Yeah, uh, there's if, if you're around the Akron uh, rugby guys, tell him Tansy from the Bootlegger says hello. Uh, that was actually the only match I've ever played in that they called the match. That they called the match five minutes early, um, and because we wouldn't stop fighting. Uh, but then we all went to the social and it was great. And uh, the, the guy that was there, this was, uh, you know, it was a couple of years ago. And the guy came over to me and he was like, hey, did you play against us, you know, a few years ago? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he was like, you were a flanker at the time. And I said, I was. I was still a flanker. I wasn't quite a hooker yet because um, I moved to hooker for the last couple of uh, a couple of games that, or a couple seasons um, of my rugby life. And um, he said, Jesus, man, that was the craziest game. We just, we reminisced about that game, but it, it was really cool. Um, so if you're in Akron and you run into any of the rugby guys there, tell them Tansy from the bootleggers, the old bootleggers flanker says, hi, Craig says $15 MSRP for a 12 ounce bottle for the bourbon County stouts. Again, I don't know what the fuck you're, Oh, goose Island bourbon County stouts. Yeah. That's so rad. Yeah. Jeez. 15 bucks for, for one bottle. You know, I used to hunt the beers, dude. I, I'm again, I'm a certified specialist of wine. I'm a sommelier. I graduated the Gala Wine Academy, Society of Wine Educators, quarter of, of master sommelier programs. I, I was all into that before I opened up my distillery uh, when I left law enforcement. But while I was a law enforcement officer, when I was in the military 20 years ago, I was between training and deploying. When I, after I got selected, special force assessment selection, between every single school, when we had all time, I was going to wine tastings and wine classes. I used to be really into that. Uh, I just, I don't really, I'm not, I, I don't do it anymore, Greg. I, I don't, I don't hunt anything down. If it presents itself in front of me, I absolutely enjoy it and I crush it. But my day, I'm 40 years old with five kids. I don't have the money or the time to go hunt down any of these magical beverages. Although I think they're really fucking cool. Um, I just, I, I can't, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, uh, okay. I actually went into the store that Floyd used the fake $20 and that whole area is still super fucked. Well, great. Yeah, that's right. Cause you're from over there. Um, get us a picture. Get us a selfie. Get us a selfie where it all went down. Put it on the FTS underscore Wolfback private group. Uh, I want to see you. You know what I want to see. You know what I want to see. I want to. You don't have the balls. You don't have the balls to go to that spot. You don't have the balls. I'm not going to say this. Do what you have to do. <laughs> Let me take a page out of the FBI's book. Do what you have to do. 1997, Tercite became an informant in an investigation that resulted in the indictment of more than 40 alleged Mexican mafia members associated. John Tercite 30 expressed bitter disappointment with his sentence. He told the U.S. District Judge A. Howard Matz, I didn't commit those crimes for kicks. I did them because I had to if I wanted to stay alive. I told the FBI agents, and all they said was, do what you have to do. You see what I'm doing, Will Gray? Do what you got to do. Look, if you die, you die. If they beat your ass, they beat your ass. Oh, man. Mm. I mean, listen, I, I think the whole thing is sad. I, I don't want to downplay that. I, I, I do. I, I personally empathize. I don't want to see anybody die. I really don't. Um, but, you know, I think it's equally as shitty as somebody dying. Somebody being politically persecuted in a witch hunt. 
and 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 something happening that doesn't have anything to do with justice here in my country. Um, and I feel like I, I, I want to say that I fought for justice, you know. So I, that's what I don't. All right, I'm gonna get out of here. Joseph Fulkenair says uh, Drew didn't renew his contract, and he's on his own. I hope that answers your question. Yes, uh, we do a one year contract, a one year commitment. I don't really do contracts. Um, I, I tell everybody that's on staff if they want a contract um, to guarantee them one year, I'll do that. I don't really want to do it. Listen, you'll bail on me before I bail on any of, of you guys. I, I don't bring anybody on that sucks. Um, Drew was amazing. Everybody that I try to bring on here, I think does really, really well. Um, it's hard to do a one-year commitment to a podcast. You, you have to give every Friday of your life. You know, he had to be here every Friday. He had to be here every Thursday. And the amount of, when you're doing two shows, the amount of research that goes into those two shows, um, you know, for somebody who is retired, and kind of wants to be retired and wants to go on cruises and do some things, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. Was I sad? Was I upset when he left? I was, I was, I was upset. Um, I, I think mainly because I didn't see it coming. I didn't have a warning and that's, I mean, it's not like I deserve one. It's not like, I, you know, it's not like anybody owes it to me or anything like that, but it would have been a little nicer, a little bit more planning. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I was sad to see him leave. Didn't want it to happen. Um, but I also get that, you know, you did it for a year. You could say that you were a professional podcaster. You know, you're retired and, and you want to do your own thing at your own pace. And um, I, and I'm happy. And, and look, I, we gave them the show, you know, Com Center. Um, that was a show that we came up with here on Failure to Stop. You know, uh, it was a show that we came up with together. But, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy. Um, um, I wasn't going to do anything creative with it. So, so, you know, let him go off and do it. Same with Andre. I did the same thing with Andre. Andre was a little bit different, but, but, you know, you know, that's why the shows continue. The show goes on, baby. I'm not going to take that show. I'm not going to fight him over that show. Uh, that's, you know, I wouldn't have done anything with it because we, you know, a comm center is only a comm center with Drew Breezy. A true crime. Anybody can do true crime. Not everybody can do a comm center like John and Drew. So, um, they're doing it at their own pace. Um, they're pre-recording, you know, we have to do it live here. It takes a lot of commitment to do a live show. It's not easy. So, uh, um, I, I, he, he'll be missed. Yeah. He's still around. He, he's still around. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're going to go on. The show goes on. We were going to make changes in 2024 and those changes, you know, um, they're big changes, right? Sports show. We really wanted to add a sports show. We wanted to maybe take some shows and put them on their own separate channel, like maybe True Crime. We've, we've talked about a lot of things. We make some business decisions. We're doing a lot more traveling now. Stand-up comedy is kind of taking off. we got the book thing coming up. So it was pretty much a shit or get off the pot. It was like, dude, you're either in it for 2024, which is going to be insane and even more of a commitment that we already had. Or yeah, you, you gotta get, you gotta go. We gotta, we gotta do something. But you know, I was hoping he would stay on for another year. Um, you know, but I, I, under, I also understand. You know, he's at that point. He doesn't want to fly around all the time. Like he doesn't want to go to meetups and 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 do these live events like that we're planning on doing for twenty twenty four. Like we, you know, we're 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 tripling, quadrupling down um, on these meetups and flying around and seeing you guys. So. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. You know, because we're, 
you know, we're, the, the guys that we have on the show right now, Tyler, Jay Rama, John, Josh, you know, we can squeeze into Anthony Conservative Ant. We can squeeze into an Airbnb. We can share hotel rooms. You know what I mean? A guy like Drew, he's earned it. He's got to have his own, right? A little bit bougie. That's okay. He's earned it. Put in 30 plus years of phenomenal law enforcement. You know what I mean? And I think that weighs on. I'm like, yeah, the guy doesn't want to do that kind of stuff anymore. He doesn't want to be crashing on couches and floors and, you know, doing the kind of shit that we do. So now we got ja- we got uh, Jason, who's just a degenerate firefighter, um, was a chief. Now he's like some kind of district commander. Um, you know, he, he came from one more and I'm out of here podcast. He still has that. He's doing sports with John. Um, we've, we've got John, uh, we're really close to getting John on almost, uh, I mean, he's already kind of full time, but like full time, full time. That that's our goal, at least with this channel. Um, and Josh full time, full time, not that Josh isn't already full time, but like, you know, uh, we definitely want to get Josh, um, I, fuck, I, there's not, we can't get Josh to do any more than he already does. So he does so much. If, if we got him to do any more, um, I don't know. Could you even handle it? I don't even. Oh, no. I could probably just much. sleep less. Just a, I could lose one more hour of sleep. I think it'd be okay. Yeah, we could give you more, one more hour. <laughs> one more hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, one more hit of meth, and I'm good for the night. I hope that that uh, solidified you. It's exciting to have 33 people here this late at night. Uh, it means the world to me. Guys, the 226 hours that one of you got, like the top 1% of you guys, there was more than one of you. What? Although that was just on Spotify. Apple comes out on the first with all of those things, man. I, I never thought in a million years, you know, uh, when I saw that we made a hundred thousand downloads in a month, you know, I like lost my shit, you know, um, not including what was coming from YouTube or Patreon or what was coming from uh, uh, Rumble or anything like that. Um, just on podcast alone, you know, you guys are, you guys are crazy, man. You guys are crazy. You know, it's great, Davey. I, I I am letting it sink in, man. It's cool. You guys are all fucking cool. And uh, Davey, you know, one of the coolest guys I got to hung out with, hang out with. I think, unfortunately, the time I hung out with you, I was extremely hungover in Texas. Um, I had the worst headache at that that meetup. I apologize. Uh, it was UFC fight that night before, and um, I I did shots. I don't typically do shots. And I did shots and I can't, uh, I can't remember who I even did the shots with, who got me to, I think it was Giorgio and Delco Dan, but, um, I apologize for, for that. Um, all right guys. Hey, anything else for you, Josh? No, this has been, this is crazy. Oh God. The hardest fuck lunch party. Um, we, I just did the one right here in Wilmington. Holy shit. Um, yeah, I just went to the Hard AF went with the Wilmington lunch. Jeez. I was by the end of that night. Yeah. I, I again I don't really do shots or drink heavy, but I feel bad because fans want to like give me a shot or something like that. And I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, it'll do that, you know. But I try to keep it like within reason. And um and I always try to play the part as I'm sober, right? Like I'm always trying to like stay focused. And um, oh yeah, you guys got me in Nashville too. Who got me in Nashville with all the shots? Uh, what was that kid? The guy that does all the shirts. Uh, I think he lives in Kansas City. Dave, you probably know who he is. I think you, I don't know if you were at the Nashville meetup. Anyway, this guy was uh, from the Nashville meetup, and, um, and he really got me hard, man. And, uh, yeah, that was a bad one. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, in Austin, Texas. Yeah, we hung out. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that hard as fuck launch. Yeah, that that was the one I was talking about being hungover for, because um, Giorgio the night before, um, we we did some shots and that was terrible. But the hardest fuck seltzer in Wilmington this last week or two weeks ago before Thanksgiving, um, a, a female there bought me a um, and I don't know her name either, but uh, somebody well, a guy bought me a, a shot. And I already had like three of those hard AFs. And then um, a girl bought me a, a submarine or something like that. Anybody heard of that shot? A uh, Bill Schofield. You're right. That was the one in Nashville. <coughs> I was in Nashville. Um, I'm getting acid reflux just thinking about this, but it's a Red Bull. They poke a hole in the Red Bull. They drain the Red Bull. Then they fill the Red Bull up with vodka, like with the like a half of vodka. And then you open it and you shotgun it. And it caught like a submarine shot or something like that. Missile shot. Oh, God. Mm, I'm throwing up in my mouth thinking about it. I did that. As soon as that hit me, I got an Uber and got the fuck out. I ghosted everybody. Irish exited. I knew it. I knew like once I took that thing, the world started kind of spinning. I was like, nothing good will happen from here on out. So I, I Irish exited, went out the door, didn't tell anybody, jumped in an Uber, Went back to the Airbnb, uh, and that was it. And, and, and then I had drove home early in that morning, and then worked the rest of the day, and tried not to, and, and pretended that I wasn't. Um, I wasn't uh, so were you? But yeah, no, that was uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so I, I apologize when I see you. I know you wanted to rage at that party, Dave. Uh, I, I know you wanted to rage. I, I think you brought me shots, if I'm not mistaken, in Austin. I think you brought over a lot of shots for me. And I, I was denying him. I was like telling you, I can't, I can't, I don't, it was either that or maybe it was just hard AFs. I can't remember what you were bringing over to me, Davey. I really don't. But I just remember I, I felt like an asshole, but I my head was hurting so bad. Um, I could barely stay for that whole, that whole thing. That's how bad my head was hurting. Like it was crazy migraine or like head, not a migraine, just like hangover. So yeah, tough. Hey guys, thank y'all for hanging out with us tonight. Until uh, this weekend, we've got Sunday Night Shift TSI with Conservative Ant, special guest. And uh, yeah, oh, Davey, you said you bought everyone drinks that day. Yeah, okay, so what was that bar tab, Holmes? So, so before we leave out of here, what was that bar tab? It had to be fucking outrageous because you were sloppy drunk too. So you would add a lot. Uh, yeah, I want to, well, we're going to leave here, but I got to see what this bar tab was. Davey, what was the bar tab? Uh, I need to see it, Davey. I hope you're still here. $467.52. God bless America. You probably didn't tip either, did you, you cheap bastard? <laughs> I wouldn't tip on that one either. I'd be like, well, listen, I'm not tipping. <laughs> I'm not tipping. Oh, that was epic though. Um, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see you. Next time I won't be hungover. I wouldn't, I didn't plan on being hungover. I, I, that's not me. But uh that stupid UFC fight and Giorgio buying me fucking shots, man. Oh, they added gratuity. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. All right, guys. What a great night. Uh, until next time, guns up, get up.